You're listening to 06 Answers, where every week we interview a different member from the West Point class of 2006. When you ask 06 questions, you'll get 06 Answers. Welcome to 06 Answers. I am Matt Wang, your podcast host. Joining me here on today's episode is Seth Beamer. Seth is currently based out of Cornelius, North Carolina, which is just north of Charlotte for those who are uninitiated with that area. And he works in the hardscape landscape industry. Seth is originally from Merrimack, New Hampshire, and was an A2 as a plebe and B2 as an upperclassman. Seth, we're excited to have you today on the podcast. How are you doing? Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, we were just catching up earlier and, you know, I got to admit, like, I, I didn't know you as well during West Point, but I've gotten to know you just over chatting and just, you know, before you hit record. But I, I want to ask, like, what were you doing during those times at West Point? Like, you know, I was walking hours a lot because I was in <laughs> trouble and I was keeping the Sherman barracks, but I know that you yeah. were horse squad, if I recall, correct? Yeah, I was a hockey player, captain of the hockey team, um, junior and senior year funny how I still say junior and senior often I think in like the the sports world I don't know if that's why as opposed to yearling plebe firsty etc but yeah I was a hockey player and um now I already forgot the question that you were asking no no I was just saying like where, where were you at but you must be been like traveling with a team and kind of having a different experience than like most cadets right I assume it was a different experience and we were just talking about that you know, looking back on things, it was something that I've realized now that my experience, you know, and other people probably as athletes, core squad there was quite different than a normal cadet's experience in the way that, you know, we were missing out, I think, on a lot of the experiences that people had and connections that people made because you were just so focused on sports there. Uh, and, you know, it was school in the morning, straight up to the rink, practice, you know, dinner up there, back down to do homework. And, you know, you got home games Friday, Saturday, the hockey season is so long. Uh, and if you're on the road, you know, you're leaving, you know, Thursday or Friday, depending on where you're playing and you're gone for quite a bit of time. So the experience in general was quite different. I mean, we were joking about, you know, the fact that I don't think that I ever drilled until until we were graduating, you know, so I missed out on a lot of things that I probably, you know, thought was great at the time. But there's a lot of things as well that, you know, looking back on it, I wish I had some of those other experiences that the majority of people there probably had. Yeah, well, I will say first, drilling is overrated as someone who, you know, did it a lot. You know, I'll just say as a, one of the intramural warriors, I got a greater appreciation for, you know, my core squad brethren and, and the club athletes, just every time I saw Army Navy game, right? They always talk about a day in the life of a cadet and even going through it as a cadet, right? It's like, oh, like you guys do a lot of stuff. Yeah. So it's just, I, I said kudos to you. Even though it was a different experience, I think it was just also a very unique and challenging yeah. and you know, just as rewarding in its own regard. Yeah. Like, going through it. I appreciate it. And I'm laughing while you're saying that because you mentioned Army Navy and that's a perfect example of what I'm saying. I never have been to an Army Navy game, not one, because every year we had... We had a game that weekend and we couldn't go. So I never, you know, there's probably not many people that have gone to West Point and have never been to an Army-Navy game, but the only Army-Navy games I've ever <laughs> been to are from my couch watching on TV because all four years we had games that weekend, whether on the road or something. And, you know, that's an experience that, you know, I certainly wish that I could have had. Nice. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's great to enjoy it from the couch, you know, warm and not as cold. I feel like we got to bring some of our football classmates on. I was just in touch with uh, Scott Wesley, but 
we got to ask mm. the football classmates like when did they go to you know the last army navy hockey game <laughs> yeah right navy right. doesn't have a hockey team well not a d1 team i guess so i wish they did that would have been a really fun rivalry air force was always our big one nice very nice. Work. And the uh, RMC, the Canadian Military Academy, Royal Military College of Canada. So that was always fun, too, when we get to play them. And it was a little bit of a international rivalry as well. But it would have been cool to have Navy. Yeah. And Seth, you know, you're just talking about hockey and, and growing up. Like, what inspired you to jump into that sport? And it seems like, you know, we'll probably talk about it later. But you mm. also found that calling later on in your career. But, like, what inspired you to get into the sport? My dad was a hockey player from Canada. My mom was a farm girl from Wisconsin. So I think my dad had me literally, you know, on skates on the pond before I could walk. And I was just kind of, you know, forced into it before I have, you know, any recollection to it. But uh, certainly I loved it as a kid. I played every, you know, sport under the sun until came to, you know, high school, later in high school. And when you wanted to get serious about a sport and playing in college or the future, you had to kind of put your time down on that and focus on that. So uh, I started, you know, playing just two sports in, in high school and focusing on hockey. But yeah, my dad was a big hockey player and just kind of natural for me to get into it. Nice. And then you found your way to West Point, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, Seth, maybe we'll jump into uh, the questions. So, you know, question one goes back to our cadet days. What's a core memory or experience from that time that you can share with the audience that really sticks out to you to this day? This was, a you know... Hearing some of the other uh, interviews, it was a fun one to think back and you start going down memory lane and there's a ton of things and some, you know, funny ones that some I probably can't share here. I was just listening to Marissa say, I think yesterday, listening to that one and she started talking about our day and I immediately started having like, you know, jitters and flashbacks to that crossing the, whatever you were calling it, you know, you're crossing the the threshold and like going to the other side and you can hear them screaming and yelling at the same time when you're saying bye to parents. And that's certainly a memory. And I remember specifically uh, getting screamed at because I didn't put the pencils back in the triangle. I don't know if you had to do that when you went to like sign some papers or something. And I just got lit up like, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? Put that pencil back where you found it. I'm like, Oh my God, this, what did I get myself into? But I think there's, there's two that like really came to mind to me. One is a, a more you know serious one and then I'll, I'll throw out a lighter one after that the one that sticks out most to me is when Derek Hines was killed he was a captain of the hockey team my freshman year became you know a best friend of me and a mentor uh when I was in A2 he was he was in A2 and kind of took me under his wing and he was killed in Afghanistan when we were juniors so September 1st of 2005 uh no that would have been going into senior year, I suppose. But that was, you know, we had heard of folks that were killed in action and whatnot. And, uh, and that was really hard to hear. I can remember, you know, moments of silence and, and that really resonated. But it wasn't until the, you know, I lost a, a teammate and a friend that, you know, it really, it really shook me then. And I was captain of the team that year and got a call from Coach Riley. And I just remember being just I was driving to see my girlfriend and, and now my wife in Fairfield, Connecticut. And, you know, it just, everything went blank and I just couldn't believe it. And sharing that, making the call and calling some of our other classmates right then, Chris Migliaro and Brad Roberts and letting them know what had happened. And I mean, that was just, you know, things seemed to get really real right then, you know, as we were getting ready to graduate and just, you wonder how the heck it happens to people that you're that close to. So that one is really 
you know, the one that sticks out the most to me, but to, you know, bring it back to a, a lighter side and put a smile on my face and some others is the, you know, in Beast, there was one week, if you remember, where it just rained for like six or seven days straight when we were out in the field. I don't know if they had a name for that week, if they called it something, but there was a week where it was like, it rained like five or six days straight. And we were like building those foxholes and sleeping in the rain. And I remember like, you know, pulling security, the, whoever it was, the squad leader or something at the time, it like put me literally in a stream. <laughs> and I and I was in the prone in a stream, like running water over me. I'm like, what the hell? Are you kidding me? And like for hours in uh, Enloe, Seth Enloe was my, my battle buddy in the little foxhole we built. And it was so freaking cold. <laughs> we were sleeping in the rain and we had built this like awful shelter that we were just getting dumped on. And Enlo was a, a he was a little bit bigger in the, those beast days. So he had a little bit extra warmth. And I remember us both just kind of like looking at each other, like shivering. And both of us were thinking it in our, in our minds at the same time, but didn't say anything. Like we're like, all right, yeah, we're going to, we're going to get our clothes off and snuggle up for some warmth here. <laughs> and, so sure enough, we were, we made little like diapers out of our like BDU shirts and wrapped those up and we're snuggled up together, like big spoon, little spoon in, in the shivering rain, trying to stay warm. And I'll never forget that. And I think me and Enlo instantly uh, bonded and uh, became good friends that night. Aside from the field, you must have a core memory with classmates from the garrison days as well. The core memory that really sticks out the most for me is just the time in the barracks, in the room with my roommates. And I spent so much time there. You know, if I wasn't at class or at hockey and doing something for hockey, it was in the room hanging out. And my two roommates, Joe Riley, who was a kicker for the football team, and Juan Castellanos, he was the captain of the soccer team. We were super fortunate to have been roommates for three years together there. So sophomore, junior, senior those three years, uh, which I, I don't think is super typical. The people have the same roommate that long. So we were really close. I mean, those guys are best friends of mine. And just the time spent with those guys and the pranks and stuff that we would do to keep time, you know, passing by and having fun where we're just, I mean, it was constant. And you're always on the lookout of someone getting you in some way. And that was just, you know, part of the best experience of West Point is hanging with those guys and doing stuff. And I can remember one that I think Juan got me. He had taken super glue and he super glued my dress shoes down. You know how you had to line them up under the bed, dress right, yeah, dress, dress, dress. right, dress. <laughs> so he, super, tape. he super glued my, my shoes down to the, like we had those tile floors, you know? And I was kind of like the wake up and go run out to formation for breakfast in the morning kind of, guy and so like i woke up got dressed like we're at like the last minute before we gotta run out so i go to grab my shoes and my freaking shoes are glued to the glued to the floor and i'm like oh my god you son of a bitch <laughs> and i and it was a one one and joe knew it was coming and they're already dying laughing so now i'm like I'm I'm already a little bit late and I yank them and I'm trying to yank them off and I yank them hard enough that it rips the tile out with the with my shoes and uh so I like I clacked off, you know, chipped off whatever I could from the uh from like the heels but I couldn't get I couldn't get everything off so you they're like, you know, out in formation already and I'm running down the hall sound like a 
girl in high heels, like click, 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 <laughs> click, click, click on the tile floor and running out, you know, through like central area over to uh, in formation and just you hearing my shoes clacking and they're already telling everyone what's going on. And I'm running over there with tile stuck to my shoes, clack, clack, clacking all the way over and that kind of stuff that, you know, we always did in the, the room that just kept things uh, fun and entertaining to say the least, but those kind of things were awesome. Those guys were, were so much fun to, to get to spend time with. And I got to ask, did you ever get them back or did they always have this sneaky suspicion that, Hey, Seth is eventually going to get his revenge. One of the ones that we had done that lasted was, uh, I'm pretty sure like every company had it like on your door, whatever company, you know, we were B2 Bulldogs. So we had like a little, you know, laminated B2 Bulldog sign on the, on the door. And somehow it started that we would hide that on each other, like in places and like, you'd go and open up a a drawer or something. You'd find the bulldogs thing or like, you know, Joe's light wasn't working well for a while or something. So then he realized that like we could put it like in his light and somehow that like started as a tradition. And, um, I remember when we graduated, we still had it. Like, I think I had kept it and like, you know, mailed it to someone on a trip (laughs) or something. And then like Juan or Joe got me back and I remember getting Juan with it. I don't know who has it now, but Juan was graduating from ranger school and I sent it to him at ranger school and said, gotcha, bitch, and got it with the Bulldogs. <laughs> so like still little things like that that we continue to do that were, that were fun. Well, Seth, maybe I'll pivot a question too. And this is something that's more retrospective, but what's something that you're most proud of since graduating? For sure, my family, my wife and I. We're two percenters and uh, we've been together now. It'll be 23 years, 23 years this summer. And we've got three amazing little girls, 11, nine and seven. And that is, you know, just my world is my wife and, and our girls and getting to spend the time with them. And outside of my family, the thing that I'm most proud of would be getting to the place that I am now where I feel like uh, just in the recent few years, I feel for the first time really in my life, certainly since graduating from West Point, that I feel content in what I'm doing and where I am in life and uh, not, you know, pursuing climbing the corporate ladder and, you know, trying to achieve all these great things and just doing what what I love and what, you know, brings me joy in life. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just happy that, uh, happy and proud that I've finally gotten to that point you know, found my way in this life to to be where I am doing what I'm doing today. That's beautiful. I know we were talking about family earlier. You know, one of the experiences you talked about in that corporate career that you had was was your you know brief experience with um, Stony mm, Stonyfield. Stonyfield yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, if you if you could, that'd be a great story to share because as as a new parent myself, you know, I was just kind of trying to get some lessons learned on like what can I do for my boy girl twins. And it sounds yep. like you had an amazing, you know, kind of opportunity in line with your career to like be the hero. <laughs> I did. I was. I, I don't know that I'll ever get to be that big of a hero again to my kids uh, from a work standpoint, at least. You know, when they were young, maybe like two, four or maybe one, three and five. And I was at Stonyfield. I was a brand manager there and had started a partnership with Disney on Ice and uh, gave us opportunity to to use disney and packaging and whatnot and have um, you know a cool contest where you could win flyaways to disney on ice shows and meet and greets with characters and whatnot but the biggest you know perk of developing that partnership with disney on ice was 
all the Disney swag that would come home with me every day and the, you know, ability to take my kids VIP to those shows and events where, you know, they were getting to go out and, you know, let the, the lantern up with Rapunzel on ice and going out and skating with Anna and Elsa and Frozen and Mickey and Minnie and, you know, all the behind the scenes meet and greets and things like that, that it was just, it was so cool for them and such a incredible part of their life and incredible part of me and my wife's life too, for those couple of years getting to do that with them. And, you know, the joy that Disney brings to everyone's lives and faces uh, and getting to do that with my kids on a daily basis was just incredible. It would kind of be like, you know, what's dad coming home with today? I'd bring home a new Mickey hat or Mickey ears or, you know, Anna and Elsa swords and stuff like that, or dresses, like, it was just incredible. Yeah, and I feel like I should go and, and do a second career as, as, like, working at a, like, a balloon shop or some sort of, like, <laughs> yeah, Disney exactly. shop. Like, get yeah. those perks so that way I'm always showing up, like, daddy's home. He's got, yeah. like, the, the yeah. gifts. The we <laughs> well, very cool, man. Maybe I'll pivot to question three. And, you know, this is a question I've been asking our classmates, but it's, you know, it can kind of really span anything. So what do you wish more people knew about you or interesting fact, or just maybe something that you want to share with our classmates? I don't think there's anything that I really wish or want people to know about me that, you know, that I'm thinking like, Oh, I wish that they realized that I was this or that, but I think it's a good, a good time for me to share something that I think is really important. And especially to us as West pointers that it's okay to to struggle. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to, you know, get help. And whether it's for physical, mental, emotional injuries or things that you have going on. And I'll open myself up here and say that, you know, I've struggled for, for years. And, you know, people often say the, the, you know, don't judge a book by its cover kind of thing. Like, you know, you never, you never know what's going on behind the curtains in people's lives. And, you know, generally, if you look at pictures of people and stuff, and you you're seeing that they're happy and everything looks great, but oftentimes they're you're struggling in in real ways. And for me, it was definitely that way. Where when we got out, uh, I got out at five years, and when I got out, I didn't go to the VA. You know, I don't even think at that time. I think it is like part of like out processing now, where they make you go to like through you know getting enrolled to the VA. But I didn't do any of that, and. I didn't do it because I really felt like there was a, like I wasn't deserved of getting help because we had lost classmates, teammates, friends, soldiers that didn't make it back. And, you know, we have people that were injured in much more visible, difficult ways to me than things that I went through or injuries that I had. And I felt like I wasn't deserved of that, of the help. And I didn't want to take anything away from other people who I felt needed it more. And it was a mis misunderstanding of how the VA works, one, for me. But I'm thankful for Chris Migliaro that we had talked about earlier. He had finally, in 2017, 2018, it encouraged me to go get some help for, for stuff that I was um, dealing with. And that was the first time that I went to the VA and got enrolled and started getting help. And for the first time, getting that help. And, you know, it was a process for the past few years of doing that and working on myself and putting the time in and um, whatnot. But I mean, I can't, I can't say how thankful I am for that and the help that I've gotten 
And I hope that if there's people out there that are feeling still the way that I was feeling before, that you'll know it's okay. And, um, you know, that, that things can be better and just, you know, feel like you can go and get that help and, and seek that out. You deserve it. And it's there for you. Thanks for sharing, Seth. And Seth, this might be a good segue into the next question, but, you know, we, we talked a little bit about like what you've discovered or, or kind of, you know, uh, after seeking help, like kind of the things that you're working on now. So this relates mm. to question four, but what's, you know, something currently in the works or in the future that you're passionate about or that you want to share with the audience? You know what? I haven't, I haven't shared really with anyone other than, you know, a couple of close friends of what I've been doing in the past couple of years, but I had kind of fallen into landscaping and hardscaping just doing that on my own because I found it was, you know, I'd heard about it being something good for, you know, therapeutic reasons. And, and I love to do it, you know, at my own house and my own yard and doing something with my head and my hands. I really did find it was, you know, therapeutic for me, you know, just kind of be in my own little world out there and forget about everything else and create something beautiful. And my wife had mentioned to a friend that was in the neighborhood that wanted to do some work and they had got a quote from someone. It was just, redonkulously expensive and she had said like oh you know Seth likes to do that stuff I'm sure he'd be happy to help you out and it was a friend of ours mutual friend our kids go to school together so I said sure yeah I'd be happy to help you out and drew up a plan for her and you know I think I did it for like a fraction of the cost of what a big company was going to do it for and I think it came out even more beautiful and it was at the top of our neighborhood and people started you know seeing me out there working every day and like oh can you come and do that for me and it kind of just naturally morphed into a thing where I started doing it for other people in the neighborhood. And I think I've done like 40 or 50 houses now in the neighborhood where, you know, I've been, uh, you had mentioned earlier about, you know, missing from the army, wanting to reconnect with people and help people individually. And, and that's something that I found really gratifying for this, something that I love doing is good for me. And also, you know, helping other people, you know, create some joy in their life and with their home and their space. So I haven't shared any pictures of those with anyone other than a couple people, but I'll post them on uh, Instagram now so that folks can check it out and probably can't fly to any one of our classmates to help do the work. But if you, you want some help with coming up with ideas or sketches or anything or help in general, certainly reach out and I can handle that for you for free at least. I'm sure our classmates will reach out to you for advice. Now, Seth, you had mentioned this had given you more time to take care of yourself and be with loved ones. Can you share more about that aspect? Really, that's the affording me the um, opportunity to really enjoy this chapter that I'm coming into of having more time to take care of myself and spend time with family. You know, I'm able to take my kids to school in the morning and pick them up from school in the afternoon, be at all of their games and events and things like that, and not miss out on those things while they're young uh, like they are and spending more time with my wife and my my kids are they'll be 8 10 and 12 all this month uh, next month and so they're all getting a little bit older and the ability for my wife and I to start to have a little bit more time together as the kids are a little bit older and more independent we can get out and do some things together and um, traveling looking forward to doing some traveling with my wife and the kids so a lot of fun things coming up now with the age and stage that we're in and getting to enjoy that family time with the, the kids. I mean, it's in my wife, it's, it's truly, you know, what I live for. So being able to really have the time to do it is, is what I'm most excited about. Time with family and loved ones is something I've come to appreciate more as I've grown older. 
probably a lesson I've learned after spending so much time away from them while at West Point or traveling in the military. This is a good segue to question five. Our group hands question comes from our previous guest, Derek Kinmotsu asks, what are one or two lessons or habits that you picked up as a cadet that you still carry with you to this day? Great question. I think one of them has to be around discipline and respect for yourself, for others, for property. I think that's something that I have always tried to instill in my soldiers and people that have worked for me and my family. And I think that's one of the biggest takeaways outside of, you know, military training that West Point gave to us is having discipline and being able to to do the right thing, even when no one's looking and to, you know, be respectful in all ways. I would imagine that my my kids and my family might say that some of the the cleanliness stuff that uh, we still do, you know, I'm not in here with a white glove or anything anymore, but, you know, very structured and, you know, everything has its place. And I like that about West Point and that it's definitely stuck with me. And I think it's helped me as, as I've gotten older to help keep a somewhat clean, tidy uniform home as well. The other thing that I would say is just being able to get through and handle really tough situations, put up with a lot of crap and, you know, make a real shitty situation palatable, I suppose, and thinking about it in a positive way and and getting through it. And, you know, whether that was things in uh, school or the military or corporate world or, you know, your work life or just with family. But, you know, the hard situations that we go through, I think it gave us a frame of reference and a perspective that has really helped me to be able to get through some really tough situations. On the topic of tough situations, I'll pivot to putting the next guest on the hot seat. Seth, for our last question, what do you want to ask the next classmate? And just as a warning, I'm going to pose that question back to you. I'm going to keep it light and ask uh, something because I always ask people, you know, when I see them, like what shows they're watching or, you know, what books they're reading. And I'm not a huge reader. I do love watching uh, shows and documentaries, but I would ask, you know, what's a, a couple books or a couple shows that you've been into lately that you would want to share with, with others and, you know, maybe someone else would pick that up and read it or watch it and enjoy it as well. Nice. And, uh, what's currently on the, um, the watch list for you and your queue. Actually, you know, right now my wife and I, we're still watching Ted Lasso. That's like the one that we're like actively watching. And I love that. We had watched a couple months ago, we had finally watched Ozarks. I don't know if you ever watched that. That was one I think that we had both, my wife and I had both like tried to pick up and watch. And we watched like the first episode and you're like, oh, no, like it just took a little while to get into. But then we, we pretty much just binged it. So that was one of the ones that recently we, we, uh, we watched a lot. And I love this show called Vikings on Netflix. I thought that was so cool. It's like historical drama and it was pretty gory. And I usually don't love like the gory stuff, but I think for the fact that like, I'm trying to think like, Jesus, this is how people lived at this time. And like, good Lord, like what the heck? Like I couldn't even imagine, but I just found it really, really interesting. And one other is I've become so interested with like space and the universe and how it's all come to be and, how incredibly mind-boggling it is. And there's this show called The Cosmos, Possible Worlds with Neil deGrasse Tyson. I think it's on one of like the major streaming ones now, but I loved watching that. It's just crazy fascinating to me. 
And for a book, I think the uh, the book that last book that I read that I really loved was The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. That just it resonated so well with me. And you know, it, maybe it's misleading with the with the title of it to to some people on um, what it's really about. But it really just you know is about you know focusing on the things that really matter in life and letting the other stuff go and it resonated really well to me and might be something else that someone else might enjoy if you you take a look at it awesome yeah we will make sure to update our list of shows and book the book to check out yeah i'd love uh, to hear what other people are uh, <laughs> are watching and reading as well yeah seth before i conclude i'll just ask you know is any other you know final call to action from our teammates from our classmates Let's see, not that I can really think of. You know, actually, you know what I mentioned to you. Um, I think it's really cool how you're helping uh, people reconnect, and a lot of people that we never, you know, realized that we knew or didn't get to interact with. And I think one of the things that I'm going to start doing is, and if others want to as well, I think it would be pretty cool for people to share a memory or something that you have of of that person, you know, an experience or a memory, something you remember about them or something like that in the in the comments or something like that. And, you know, it might, it might be helpful to people and kind of reconnect on things that you never even realized were, you know, something that mattered to someone. So I think that'd be pretty cool. And I'm going to start trying to do that. Awesome. Yeah. That, that sounds like a great initiative and uh, looking forward to seeing the comments, but yeah, I think Sonny Tosco said it too. Like, you know, don't give people their flowers enough. Yeah. And like yeah, right. 800 or so of us, like we got to, got to do it especially before the 20-year reunion and also getting you interviewed we need to get your interview out there yeah no definitely i'm looking forward to telling all <laughs> but seth i i know i had fun you know really meeting you more formally through this medium uh, like i said you know it's it's cool to just hear about your hockey upbringing and like the unique cadet experience that it provided you and, and other teammates other core squad athletes and then just learning of your career journey i mean even before we hit record and, and then just you know you talked about finding what brings you joy in life. I feel like that's what we're all kind of going towards at this stage in our career and personal lives. And uh, also just appreciating your openness to having the conversation about seeking support, you know, letting our classmates know that we're not all alone, you know, especially if you're in North Carolina, uh, you've got a landscaping mm. expert right up your alley so you can look no further. But um, thanks again, Seth, for being a great guest. I'm looking forward to hearing from others, you know, the memories they have shared with you. And then also just your takeaway about, you know, discipline and respect from, uh, for yourself. I thought was a good lesson that we all learned from West Point. And it's like going forward, like that's what we're all about, right? So thanks again, Seth. And uh, I'll end every call with uh, our, every uh, episode with our class motto, never falter, never quit. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to 06 Answers. Views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on 06 Answers are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of the United States Army, Department of Defense, or any other agency, organization, company they have or currently work for. Nor does its use imply endorsement of our opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. Any material presented here is for general information purposes only. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at 06 Answers.